I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Remember when Bucks fans and the rest of the NFL used to point their giant foam fingers at the Cleveland Browns and laugh? Well, not anymore. The Browns are at the center of the NFL right now in free agency. And the Bucks, well, maybe they could soon replace them as the NFL's most suffering franchise. The free agent signing period officially began, and the deals that we've talked about were all announced by the Bucks. The news Wednesday was that Peyton Barber gets a one-year deal, and Mitch Unrein, remember their defensive tackle they signed a year ago, he's released after failing a physical. Dustin Johnson, the number one golfer in the world, he's going to play the Valspar. And what about Tiger Woods? Could he follow him there as well? We've got USF in Memphis to play UConn in the American Athletic Conference Tournament today. It's March Madness, baby. Can the Bulls survive and advance and maybe get win number 20? We've got all of that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, are you sick and tired of paying high electric bills? Was yours over $300? Well, if it was, that's insane. And I want you to save 90 to 95% off your electric bill right now. All you have to do is listen to me. Call May electric solar that's right they're a locally owned company and may electric solar is the safest solar available they don't use high voltage like many other companies and they have a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor and may electric solar has a full showroom you can see their products and they're open on weekdays now they've been around for 12 years they've earned a great reputation with their customers and their peers and there are other companies out there imitating them trying to use their great name but remember they never use subcontractors, and they never subcontract for any other company in any other way. So everyone knows it has to be May all the way. So stop the insanity of those out-of-control electric bills you've been paying. Start saving now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And if you call right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing to solar energy through 2019. Call the real May Electric at 727-819-2862. So free agency, the signing period officially began at 4 o'clock. We've seen all these deals, or an awful lot of them, have been announced already, Steve. And, and of course, we'll get into what the Bucks have done. They have a news conference later today at uh, noon at One Buck Place to, uh, to announce and introduce some of the guys that they have brought in. Um, but you know what's fascinating me is there's a couple teams that are, that are dominating right now uh, the offseason, if you will. They're going to win the offseason, and, and I don't think any team is doing better than, than the Cleveland Browns. And it's interesting because of where the Browns have been and for how long, you know, you start thinking about the Cleveland Browns and you go back, you know, years and years. Uh, of course, only the Browns are the only team that has a longer playoff drought than the Bucks do. I mean, the last time they made the playoffs was 2002, and that was the year that Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl, um, you know, Super Bowl 37. And the last time that uh, the Bucks made this, the postseason was 2007. So only the Browns have waited longer. And yet, it, it feels like for all the world, like the Bucks might supplant the Browns for maybe the most suffering franchise here pretty soon because everybody is hyped up about what Cleveland has done. 
And when you, when you consider where they have been just in recent years with uh, suffering through Johnny Manziel, um, remember the whole analytic uh, GM uh, dude, Sashi Brown, and then the Hugh Jackson debacle, a guy who I still can't understand, kept his job, Steve, after 0-16, followed by 1-15, okay? And it was still there until he got fired midway through, uh, through last season. So in comes Brown general manager John Dorsey, and, of course, he had a great reputation in the similar job with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and he's done some, you know, he's done some things that went against some people's conventional wisdom, like taking Baker Mayfield number one overall last year. I think a lot of people thought that Mayfield would go in the first round, but at, at just six foot tall, uh, there was a lot of concern about him. And, and I think people felt like Squan Barkley was a safer pick. There were other, uh, even other quarterbacks that probably fit the mode better, whether, you know, Josh Allen, whoever. Um, but he ended up taking Baker Mayfield and guess what? That was the right decision. Baker Mayfield played very, very well as a rookie. Could have won Rookie of the Year. They drafted uh, the running back Nick Chubb, of course, from you know from Georgia. They also signed uh, or drafted uh, David Njoku, the tight end. And um, you know, and since then, I mean, they've they've added people in this free agency to go along with uh, their edge rusher Miles Garrett. They've traded for Olivia Vernon. They they swung a deal for Sheldon Richardson. And they've even added uh, Kareem Hunt, which is a controversial pickup, and he's likely to still face a suspension for domestic violence. But at some point, you'll see Kareem Hunt on the field, which is you know just going to add to sort of what's what's quickly becoming already a, a pretty potent football team in a in a potent offense. But then along on Tuesday comes the Browns trade that floored everybody for Giants receiver Odell Beckham, and they got him for what was a fairly affordable price, if you think about it, of a first and third round pick and then safety Jabril Preppers from uh, from Michigan goes over there. And suddenly, you know, everybody is hyping up the Cleveland Browns. Now, the Bucks have been on the other side of this, you know, careful what you wish for, but this does not feel like fool's gold. This is not this is not smoke and mirrors. I mean, they, they've got some legitimate, legitimately superstars on that football team and guys – that uh, are going to surround Baker Mayfield and make him better, and he was pretty damn good as a rookie. So I think the arrow is definitely up for them. Now, you know, their head coach is Freddie Kitchens. He's never coached a game before. Uh, he was their offensive coordinator a year ago. That's also where Todd Munkin went, the Bucks' offensive coordinator. So, you know, certainly he's inheriting some really good players over there, and he did a good job with uh, the one year that he called plays for the Bucks. But when you look at it, now all of a sudden the Browns are – I think legitimately one of the one of the bigger picks to win the AFC North. And if you think about where Pittsburgh is now, you know, without Antonio Brown, um, without uh, without Bell, the running back, uh, sort of the discourse that's that's gone on there, you know, under Mike Tomlin in recent years, you, you don't know how much Ben Roethlisberger has left in the tank. You don't know about the Baltimore Ravens, who made some curious moves today, including signing Mark Ingram. You know, is Lamar Jackson going to be a guy that's going to be able to operate in this in this offense every year as he did his rookie season and he got them to the playoffs? Um, so you know you've got you've got some teams that are you know more more iconic teams or have been to the playoffs had more playoff success recently, um, but I think the Browns can play with any of them and I think I think the the hype is well find, founded, but then you have on the other half of the way the NFL lives is the Bucks who you know, should are kind of where the Browns are in trying to get back to the playoffs. I mean, it's been that long, 
2007, and they just watched Quan Alexander and Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson get traded um, out of here as well, going to back to the Philadelphia Eagles. And so, you know, when, when the free agency signing period began Wednesday, it was tough for Bucks fans because they're used to what has been an annual influx of big names, right? Whether it's Jason Pierre-Paul, I mean, how far back, you know, how far back do you want to go? Um, the Bucks seem to have been one of those teams that's always big first day players, and yet it really hasn't it really hasn't panned out. I mean, whether you're talking about the trade for Deshaun or the signing of Deshaun Jackson as a free agent, well, I remember that day that was very big. People certainly applauded that, and now Deshaun is on his way to Philadelphia back there to be you know after the trade was made. Um, there's been a number of free agents come through one Buck place, and yet they've got back to back five and eleven seasons. Uh, in the year that they were nine and seven, not many of their stars really showed up. So it's interesting that now that that you know they don't have money to spend per se on some of the big name free agents, Bucks fans are just going nuts, and they're they're pretty sure that you know uh, they're going to be the worst team in the league. They're not going to win any games, and and time will tell. But you know they just haven't had the money so far at least to really go out there and make a big of a splash and they're not going to sign splash free agents. I mean, so far the guys they did sign and announced that they signed officially on uh, Wednesday were, you know, starting with 49ers punter, Bradley Pinion. Um, you know, they get the Browns receiver, uh, Brashad Perriman. And then they also bring in uh, Cardinals linebacker, uh, Dayon uh, Buchanan. And he, all the three of those guys by the way, will be available in a news conference today. Later today at noon, they'll be introduced uh, over there at One Buck Place in the um, in the auditorium there. So that'll be something to look forward to. Um, but other than that, you know, they bring back Kevin Minter, a holdover linebacker. They bring in Ryan Griffin, who has taken as many snaps in a regular season game as like any of the Glazer boys. So it's not a sexy, you know, it's not a sexy offseason. And I got news for you. It's probably not going to be, you know, um, could they get a running back somewhere? Yeah. Could they, you know, is the safety market completely saturated yet? No. Eric Berry was cut by the Kansas City Chiefs, so we'll see what they do. But we, we've talked about how, you know, this was going to be the year that they just didn't have a lot of cap room. The problem is, is that, you know, when the 2015 draft class grew up and they all got paid, Jameis Winston and Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet, they didn't have any money for Quan Alexander, then all of a sudden – they haven't won, and the team's not very good, and they could use some help, but all these guys have max contracts now, and so they're up against the salary cap. So it's been tough on the fans, and I, I, you know, I'm reading my timeline. I'm seeing what people are saying, and I think it's the contrast between the Browns and, yes, even the Oakland Raiders. Like That's the other team, right, that's getting a whole lot of attention because they have a whole lot of, of salary cap room. Of course, they got three number one draft picks when you trade away Amari Cooper and you know, and Mac to the Chicago Bears, and they get back all these picks. And then they go out and they sign Antonio Brown. Did you happen to catch that act at all? Uh, Antonio Brown introduced with Mike Mayock and John Gruden on uh, on Wednesday, Steve? I didn't catch it. You were, you were telling me about it before the, we started recording. Well, I mean, first of all, let me, you know, having covered John for a long time, anytime you get him in a suit, it's a big day. <laughs> it's, he, he's, not, he's not the uh, let's put the suit on for the uh, press conference type day guy but he he showed up big time looking fresh against uh you know with Antonio Brown there and his entire family running around going nuts Brown by the way remember he had the uh the blonde mustache he's back to normal now looks very corporate 
Um, looking very sharp as he. Uh, I thought he took painted silver or something to go with the Raiders colors. I think it was. I think it was blonde, wasn't it? It was before. Wasn't I thought you know. Oh, once you he thought he'd go the silver he, and he black. Could go, yeah, yeah, he, he could have done that. He could have done that. You're right. Probably should have given him that idea. But no, he was. He was very corporate, very clean looking. You know, said all the right things about joining the Raiders and, and all the iconic receivers that have been through there, whether it's Jerry Rice or you know Tim Brown, some Hall of Famers, Fred Bolitnikoff. I mean, how far back do you want to go, right? And he just wants to sort of fit right in there. It was interesting because I was, I was watching the press conference, and of course Chucky was there. And one of the early questions was kind of a kind of a little edge to the question was about how um, you know they they asked Gruden. They said, "Well, you know, you traded Amari Cooper, and when you did, Mark Davis said that he wasn't a good fit for this offense, and uh, you know, because you guys don't throw the ball down the field or something like that." And he goes, "What about Antonio? What kind of fit is Antonio Brown?" <laughs> and Gruden just kind of glared at the guy. He goes. Yeah, I want to talk about other receivers. You know what I mean? This is not about other guys. It's about Antonio Brown. I don't know what you're talking. I don't know what you're trying to get at there. You know, all I know is this: you want to be the best. We got the best, and this is the best receiver right here in football. And so he kind of glared at the guy, gave him the Chucky face and everything. And then later, um, they got to the point where uh, Brown, even Brown, did Chucky. I mean, it was kind of it was impromptu, but it wasn't bad. Um, they're talking about Brown and, and how much Gruden's influence, you know, was on his signing. And of course, that's ridiculous because the biggest influence was the fact that they guaranteed him over thirty-one million dollars or something like that that he was not going to get guaranteed in Pittsburgh, and they gave him a bigger deal to go to Oakland. Now I'm sure he'd prefer the Raiders over, say, the Buffalo Bills, and he might prefer John Gruden. Um, but he was hailing Gruden as being this great offensive mind, and how you know, again, how he, he wanted to uh, to join some of the great receivers. And so they asked John, you know, well, you know, along those lines, what's it like to have a guy like Antonio? And he just started gushing about the guy as only John can, and legitimately so because, I mean, Antonio Brown, you know, is arguably the best receiver in football. If you look at the numbers, if you look at the production that he's had with Big Ben, um, he's been off the charts. And, you know, Gruden's like, hey, he's a guy that's a – you know what I like about him is a six-round pick, man. He worked for everything he's got, you know what I mean? And he's going on and on. He's talking about, you know, he's a coach's – the coach's dream. You think about what you can do because he can, he can play split end. He can play flanker. He can play in the slot. He can return punts and sell popcorn at halftime, man. And like Brown's loving it and going crazy. And um, so they asked Brown, they said, you know, about Chucky. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, he really challenges you. He says, like, I came in and right away he said, 16 interceptions. <laughs> he had, John had looked up how many times balls have been thrown in Brown's direction and 16 of them were picked off. So I'm sure that was his message to him, like, hey, man, you got to fight for the ball a little bit more. So, you know, it, it was just you watch all this and you're like, you know, wow, these teams are just they're getting so much better and um, they're winning the offseason. And then then I, I go on my timeline and Buck fan is just like inconsolable right now. And Steve, I think we talked about that, you know, right before we went on the air, like the podcast is they're spoiled like they're used to every year. Somebody said, well, the Bucks never get big name. What do you mean they never get big name free agents? Aren't they always in it for the, the day one guys? Yeah, I mean, feels go, like. go through the list of Anthony Collins, Michael Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Carl Nix. Um, you know, go through the Brent names. Brent Grimes. Brent I mean, Grimes, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they win free agency every year. Uh, yeah. You know, and this year they didn't have the money. But, I mean, in, in reality, the Bucks free agent acquisition this year was Bruce Arians. He was. 
he that's was. their splash. He absolutely that's what was. they've won in the offseason. That's they what have the they coach won. they believe in now. That's correct. You are so right. And I wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times. You read it on TampaBay.com. It's almost like you knew I wrote it, but you didn't um, because we hadn't discussed it. But that's exactly the whole thing right there. You know, um, Look, they went out and they, they reached a one-year deal with Peyton Barber. He was going to be an RFA. That's not a big thing, you know. I remember last year, Mitch Unrein was Mitch Unrein. They rebuilt the whole defensive line. You know, it was Bo Allen and Vinnie Curry and Mitch Unrein. He didn't play a snap, concussion protocol, eight months, failed a physical, they released him. Um, but, but Bruce Arians and his staff, that is your offseason stars. That group right there with, with Todd Bowles and Byron Lepwich and, you know, um, you know all those guys uh, are the reason why the Bucks think they have a chance. And it's sort of a tell. It's kind of like, look, we always had talent, but now we got the guy that knows what to do with it. So, so that is the thing. Bruce Arians is the deal. You know, Bruce Arians is is the one that's got to take Jameis Winston, take this 2015 draft class that they've re-signed, take guys like Donovan Smith or uh, you know Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet, enable them to run the ball. Uh, he's a big fan of Peyton Barber's. I think Peyton Barber's a good runner. I think maybe Arians likes him more than I do. Arians says he loves him. He says you watch him on tape, you don't see his 230 pounds. You think he's a 205-pound back because he's got such great feet. Um, they're not all going to be home run hitters, but you get those 10 to 15-yard runs, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he, he wants to build around Barber, and he really, really loves Ronald Jones. He thinks they can get Ronald Jones back into that explosive mode that he was at USC. Um, you might see another running back in here somewhere, but that's pretty much the way they're going to go. So they're going to have to, you know, find some pieces in the draft. I think the draft is going to be the next big thing for the Bucks this year. They're going to have to find guys that, regardless of position, are going to be Pro Bowl caliber players. I mean, they need to hit on some big time players, not just starters, um, but you know, guys that could make Rookie of the Year. You know, like Derwin James did a year ago. I mean, that's sort of what you need on this defense right now, particularly if you're replacing Quan Alexander. If you want, to, if you get a guy like Devin White, you need him to turn out to be a star for you. Um, defensive line, same thing. And if you do that and you mix them with Jason Pierre-Paul and Carl Nassib and, you know, Justin Evans and some of the guys you got coming back and if, you know, Vernon Hargraves comes back strong and, and some of the young players that played last year are better in their second year, then all of a sudden you put your faith in a 3-4 scheme and Todd Bowles knowing what he's doing and all of a sudden you got a chance to win games. But – it really is about the coaching, and it's always been a coach quarterback league. And, you know, to that point, guess where Bill Belichick was on the first day of free agency or signing period? He was in he the Patriots' war room, right? You know, no. On the and, phone. And that's the cutting deals. Not at all. No. And that's the thing. That's the coolest thing. Like, they've won six Super Bowls, right? And it's like, what? Me worry? Bill Belichick was so amped up for the first day of free agency that he was in Barbados in swim trunks. I don't want to set the picture for you because it wasn't pretty. I'm just saying the dude was out there shirtless, and he's not missing he's not missing chest day in the weight room, let me tell you. But the rest of it wasn't good. And and so, you know, if he's so worried, how come the guy that beats everybody's rear ends every year and ends up winning rings isn't isn't sweating free agency? Now, you could say, well, he's got a better team and he's got Brady and that. He does. But they lose players right and left. In fact, they lose so many guys that they wind up with like six compensatory picks every year he just waits until the prices come down you know every year these first few days first three four days 
it's monopoly money. Teams are you know that are way under the cap. Whether it's San Francisco uh, was was a big spender this year. Um, you know, obviously the Oakland Raiders had money to spend. You know, you had uh, the Cleveland Browns had money to spend. So there are teams that sort of went went hard and heavy. The New York Jets have probably the most money to spend. They've gone crazy. Um, but but then the, then it settles down a little bit, and then you get more fair market value to to real value. Uh, with that second wave of, of free agents that don't get picked up in the first few days. And that's the area where Belichick has always excelled. He's always found role players, guys that weren't going to cost him a ton of money, and then he plugs them in, and you know, before you know it, uh, he's back in Barbados again with a, with a, with a Super Bowl ring. So I, I just think that there, there's more than one way to do this. There were a lot of teams that have not made a splash yet. Splashes are a little bit overrated. Now that's not to say, oh, yeah, they're going to be great. They just let a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Their best linebacker, uh, arguably the, one of the best slot receivers in football, and the only guy that could stretch the field, really, walk out of here and got nothing back. So I understand the pessimism that, that people have. But each one of those guys, there's a reason why they didn't get the max contract back in Tampa. And it's not to say whether it's right or right for the teams that got them, um, but you couldn't afford everybody. And so you're going to have to go a different route. And that route is going to be with you know lesser salaried one year. And the interesting thing is all these guys, by the way, that they're signing, they're all kind of signing one-year deals, you know, which would indicate to me that there's not a huge conviction about some of the players that they're bringing in right now, whether it's uh, you know Perriman, Brashad Perriman, or uh, Day One Buchanan, or or, or Kevin Minter, or whoever, um, these guys are all pretty much doing one year one year show me deals. So there's there's going to be some turnover down the road, but they're doing everything they can right now uh, to put the most competitive team on the field around Jameis Winston, and then Bruce Arians is going to have to coach his butt off. I mean, and that's sort of why they went another direction because. They didn't think Dirk Cutter was going to get it done. They didn't think he was going to set the right culture. Well, let's see how good Bruce Arians is. And let's see if he can save the quarterback, Jameis Winston, because that's what 2019 is all about. It's As much as winning games, it's about whether you have found your franchise quarterback and you know can this guy be as good as everybody hoped he would be when he came out number one overall back in 2015. So that's where the Bucks are. You're going to have to get used to it. There could be some surprise signings here once in a while, but they don't have a ton of money. Now, if they create more room, and that's still a possibility as well. They got $3.5 million, you know, just the other day from Mitch Unrein. But if, say, they decide, you know what, Gerald McCoy's out of here, I want I, I want his $13 million, or, you know, William Golston or whomever, uh, first of all, we'll bring it to you on TampaBay.com. But that may also put them in the game for some more free agents and people that might be might be difference makers. But as far as the big, big names – most of those are getting butt gobbled up pretty quick. So it's been an interesting couple of three days, and I thought just the, the parallel between Cleveland. You know, Cleveland, you think of Cleveland, the worst team in the NFL, laughing stock for so many years, all the restarts, all the quarterbacks, um, you know, just sort of all the crap that they've been through up there 
uh, since they got their expansion team after the real Cleveland Browns went to Baltimore with Art Modell in the middle of the night and, and ended up relocating. It has just been really tough to be a Cleveland Browns fan. And right now, I feel good for them because, you know what, I can say this with some confidence. They're going to be a good football team next year. Like, they're going to have a good football team. They, they were have good, good this past year. They went 7-8-1. and one. They should have won. I mean, they lost to the Bucks. You know, that was the game that potentially, you know, could have could have maybe cost them the playoffs or something. But, um, you know, Baker Mayfield certainly had a great year. He was second, you know, to Shaquan Barkley and runner-up as the the rookie of the year. And they did have a good football team. They were a tough out. They they went on a run. I think they won five out of eight at one point. And so, you know, if they pick that up and move forward with it, especially with guys like, like Beckham and, and, and some of the pickups that they've had to go with some of the good talent they already have, it's going to be a good year in Cleveland. And, it, and yeah, Just I imagine guess, if last year they didn't start with Hugh Jackson as their head coach. That's, that's right. Exactly right. And how does Hugh Jackson – I mean, what is that conversation like? And for all the things that John Dorsey has done well, I still, I'm trying to put wrap my arms around the fact that you had a head coach, and I don't care how bad, how bankrupt the team was, but you had a head coach that went 0-16 and followed that up with a whopping 1-15. I'm sorry, but at that point you have to send a signal to your organization whether you like them or not, and say, this isn't acceptable. This is not our standard. It's not even, it's not even moving towards our standard, and we got to make a change. And I think culture is a big part of every organization, and I don't, I don't think they handled that very well. But I'll tell you what, they're handling their business now. And so the Browns and the dog pound is alive, and People are hoping that maybe the Bucks will throw them a bone here once in a while, but I, I, it's just—it's not going to be that kind of off season. It was never going to be that kind of off season, and you're going to have to wait and trust and hope that they get it right in the draft and they add to what they have, and then let Bruce Bruce Arians and his staff do their magic because they are the real free agents that uh, the biggest pickups that they've had so far in this off season. So, are you ready for a little March Madness, baby? Here we got USF is playing in Memphis. Uh, thank you very much. We got them against UConn. It's my old stomping grounds up there in Memphis, not far from Jonesboro, Arkansas, home of Arkansas State, who is not playing in the tournament. Um, this is the American Athletic Conference, man, and uh, they start today. The, the uh, USF Bulls play at 1 o'clock against UConn, and if they win that one, they uh, get win number 20, which would be quite a mile post for them. They failed to get that the last day of the regular season, I think, against SMU, so that would be a good one to get. So what do you think? I mean, is uh, I guess they have some injuries. There's some question about whether Quincy Riddell is going to play. He, he mm-hmm. I guess, was the defensive player of the year in the AAC. Um, but it would be good for them uh, to at least win one game, get the 20th win, beat UConn. You know, and then you're playing Houston in uh, a top seed, and it's probably going to be tough at that point. But you never know what can happen in a tournament if you can get the hot hand going. St. Right? Mary's just upset Gonzaga in the uh, WCC conference. Wow. Wow. That's a big one. Look, at USF, and we've talked about this a couple of times, the job that Brian Gregory has done this season oh, phenomenal. Is, is phenomenal. For them to have 19 wins at this point, going for 20 in the tournament. Um, Alexis Yetna, the freshman, won the Rookie of the Year in the American Athletic Conference. A Quincy Riedow was the Defensive Player of the Year. David Collins and Riedow both on the all-AAC teams. Um, phenomenal. You know, just what they've done, and it's a fun brand of basketball to watch, and, and you know – they're gonna. Th- this isn't gonna be just a one-year thing. I mean, he's got this. He's got this program rolling. They got young players. Um, you know, w- the job he's done, considering 
how bad the team's been for several years now. I mean, you know, it's hard to th- it's it's really as bad as they've been. It's amazing that it was what seven years ago that they made that run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you yeah, know, it and was. Then, then the floor it just fell out from underneath them. Yeah, I mean, you can go back to the Seth Greenberg days. Hell, I remember. You know, Charlie Rose was the coach. I mean, you know, USF has just always struggled to try to be relevant, and for them to have a chance to get 20 wins. I mean, that is, that is a, a milepost for them and, and one they should be really, really proud of. And even if they don't get there, Steve, do you think they have an outside chance of, of getting to the NIT maybe at least, or I would think the NIT, like? yeah, I would think they're going to make the NIT. I haven't, I, I haven't done my mock uh, bracketology for the NIT. You yet. haven't done your, your MIT yeah, March I, Madness. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. Uh, I'm still okay. working on the NCAA bracketology, but you're not a degenerate gambler like some people out there, I guess. Um, but no, I mean, I, they absolutely, you know, I mean, 19 and 12 record in the AAC, especially if you win another game, get to 20. Get I, to I, 20, I, that's a big number. I mean, you know, I, I haven't number. seen what the other teams and records are, so I, I, I don't know that for certain. But uh, you got to think they would definitely be considered for that, which would be, you know, a huge step forward for the program. And look, the more games you play this time of year, the more experience your players are getting, you know, the better it is for the future of your program, too. And, and the more times you're on TV and recruiting and everything else that comes with it as well. Oh, sure. Everybody wants to play for a winner, and they've seen that USF's, you know, if they, they win their 19, 20 games, I mean, that's going to be huge for their recruiting class, I would think, you know, just locally, if nothing else. So uh, I, I think it's been a remarkable year and, and good for them. And we'll see if they're able to advance and maybe uh, go on from there. They play Houston, I guess, if they were able to beat UConn. So that would be a tough out. We might have a chance to catch up with Joey Knight as well. If the Bulls advance, then we'll just have to follow them at 1 o'clock and, and watch the outcome of that. In the meantime, uh, the Valspar tournament is just around the corner. Good news for the Valspar. Dustin Johnson, the world's number one golfer and a husband to uh, one Paulina Gretzky, uh, is going to play Valspar, which is pretty cool. I don't, has he played it before? I don't know that Dustin has played this tournament before. But if he has, it's been a while, I think. But to get the number one player in the world is great. And then they're still waiting about Tiger Woods. I guess his neck feels better. He is uh, you know, at the TPC, I guess, right, in Sawgrass. Is that mm-hmm. where they are? Yep. And so uh, he's going to play that tournament, and uh, we'll make a decision here shortly. By the way, My Dustin ins- Johnson's played the tournament in 2008 and 2010. So okay, so he's played twice. It's been nine years twice. since he's played. And but so that's only, a long time. And yeah, it's only the fourth one. number one player ever to play in the tournament. Which is great for them. I mean, having moved this tournament around into a sort of a more – um, you know, a difficult position with all the other Florida swing tournaments. So, you know, there was some thought that that might affect the field, and it probably has to some level. But to get Dustin Johnson is just huge. And I got a feeling, Steve, that Tiger Woods is going to play this tournament. Um, it's kind of where he started his comeback last season. It is. Absolutely. And that, and I'm telling you, there's something to that. You know what I mean? Like, golfers are funny like that. It's like I think there's something to – Hey, I was kind of I was kind of hacking along, and nothing really happened for me. And in his case, he was just coming off an injury and hoping to make it through four days. I mean, that was really his goal. Was I haven't played golf in so long, you know? I need to push it around for four days and hope I can I can hold up. And then the magic started happening, and the crowds got bigger, and the roars got louder. And if you've been to Innisbrook, it's 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 very Augusta Nationalish ish because there's a lot of a lot of pine trees, some rolling hills. I mean, you close your eyes, you're, you don't think you're in Florida. You know, it's it's the topography is that different. But it's a really cool course, and it fit his eye. You know, so, some really tight greens and narrow fairways and things like that. 
and damned if, you know, Tiger drains a 40-footer on the 17th hole and he's one shot back on, on 18, but he was unable to catch him. But you, you take that memory and you're still trying to make a comeback for yourself. And I think, you know, athletes are superstitious. And, and if it fits his eye, you would think he'd want to come back here, particularly because he didn't play the last tournament. I mean, you know, he's playing TPC. And if he had played uh, prior to that, I would say, eh, I don't know. He's probably going to want to take some practice time and, you know, get ready for the Masters or whatever. But I think, I think in the, you know, the fact that he missed the tournament and just, you know, how sort of Augusta National and, and they're not the same course, but there's, you know, the pine trees and there's a lot of similarities to, uh, to that as a tune-up for the Masters. That I just got a feeling that we're going to see Tiger Woods again. It'd be really exciting if they did. The other big news, it's, uh, we can hit on this just briefly because I haven't gotten really deep into it, but uh, what do you make of this giant college uh, scandal with uh, these folks going about getting college entrance to some of the more prestigious schools in the nation, uh, whether you're talking about uh, Harvard or Stanford, schools like this, by essentially lying and cheating and mail fraud and just all kinds of federal charges um, to get these these students or, in some cases, student-athletes or students posing as athletes, uh, you know, entered into some of these more prestigious schools it is really a uh, a, 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 a very complex investigation one that um i know they did for about six months or so and the weird thing is two actresses are caught up in it melissa huffman and uh Lori lachlan who of course uh played on full house Lori lachlan did and to see them they both i think one or both was arrested and mm-hmm. turned themselves in yep they both were. um it's, it's just an unbelievable scam go of, of just immense size and and uh schools number of schools and you know like stanford and different places they i believe one of the uh people that was was caught and i don't know if they are pleading out or if they're going to fight the charge or whatnot but you had like you know you'd have like a a, ro- a rowing coach or somewhere you know, like at Harvard or or whatnot. This one coach got paid four hundred thousand dollars, and they take these these students and they pose them as athletes when, in fact, they've never played uh, or a day of of sports in their lives. I oh, know I had um, no idea as, I could have been on the crew team or the soccer team, even though absolutely. I didn't play in high school. I had no idea. Would have and on scholarship. I know, <laughs> which is awesome. I mean, just pay five hundred thousand dollars, and you know, you get that free scholarship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it doesn't matter. It, it's not, it's incongruent, but you know, you can't buy your way into prestigious universities. You have to be accepted. Um, now, one way you could certainly influence that process is, like you said, take that money or a couple million and you know donate a building somewhere. Um, and if your name's on the building, you have a shot that maybe your relative will have a chance yeah, to go there. Yeah, but you don't get a letter on your jacket. That's true. That's true. I mean, some of these people, how, how do you show up and go, not, believe me, I played with guys that I didn't think ever played baseball at times. I'm like, really? You're a scholarship player? Are you sure not part of this scandal? But, um, and they probably said the same thing about me. But, I mean, how do, you, how do you get on a team when you clearly have no skills about playing for a team? I think at that point they just go, well, you know, this guy's not with us, but, you know, he's kind of with us. So I, I don't know how all that would work logistically. But it's a hell of a scandal, man. It's just it's massive and widespread, and it's going to take down a bunch of college people. And it took down Aunt Becky from Full House, for God's sake. It's really it's it's really bizarre. The last what year now of how all these big scandals have come out in college basketball and the paying players yeah. and that that's come out. Yeah. Granted, not many. You know, the LSU coach now just kind of 
has been suspended and Will Wade and taken down. But yeah. and now you've got and, – and you don't think about it with whether it's crew or soccer or you name the the non-TV sports that, that this scandal ones, is yeah. – Yeah, this, this scandal's uh, you know, overseeing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy the amount of corruption that the NCAA has and how little the NCAA does about any of it. That's so true. I mean, they had people taking tests for people, uh, bribing teachers. I mean, it was it's the full money. It was unbelievable how they got these kids through these schools and um, and, and how you get a couple actresses cut up. And I mean, it just doesn't make it, none of this makes sense. I mean, she was on, I think, one time the Today Show talking about her daughter getting into college and you know, just like you normally would. You know, everybody's happy and she's real smart and got a college entrance exam and all this stuff and the whole thing. Is just a big lie. So for those of us who, you know, went to school and, and paid our way and, you know, didn't get accepted to some schools that I would have liked to have attended, um, this has to be this has to be tough. I mean, it really uh, really was eye opening. So with all like you said, with all the basketball stuff with all that's going on here, here's just another scandal. And it's hard I mean, it's hard for these kids to get to these places. I mean, test scores alone is one thing, but then you gotta have you know, a, a ton of club affiliations and be a student leader and, you know, almost from the time you're in elementary school, uh, build a resume and a, and, a, and a cause to separate yourself from people with similar uh, scores or achievements. So uh, I guess this is one way to do it. You know, the other way to do it if you're rich is you just uh, donate a building. <laughs> and if you do that and you put your family name on it, pretty sure they're going to let they're going to let your, uh, you know, your great niece go in. I just... I think she'll have a shot if she can, like, even make a 2.0. Um, that's what people would normally do when they have that kind of wealth. But in this case, uh, boy, this is this is really some kind of story. So fun to follow, but uh, hard to think about. So speaking of colleges, of course, a reminder, USF playing at uh, against UConn in Memphis at the AAC tournament. That game starts at 1 p.m. The Tampa Bay Lightning are back in action. They're at Detroit against the Red Wings. Why is that uh, somewhat serendipitous because everybody's comparing them to the 95-96 Red Wings that had 62 wins. And, uh, of course, Steve Eisenman was on that team. There's a lot of parallels in terms of the way the, the makeups of the two teams you can read. Yeah, Diana wrote a great story. article about it. it. It's scary, the comparisons. Like, the captain, Stamkos, is 29. Eisenman was 30 on that team. Uh, they both had a big stud Swedish defenseman, Victor Hedman for the Lightning, Nicholas Lindstrom for – uh, the sure. Red Wings. Young goaltenders. Vasilevsky's 24. Chris Osgood was 23 for the Red Wings. Uh, Russian forward. Sergey Fedorov for the Red Wings. Nikita Kucherov for the Lightning. It's really kind of wow. scary. That's something. And they both topped 100 points. I mean, it's, it's, it's really scary, some of the similarities between that team and the Lightning. Now, the one thing we hope is that team fizzled out in the Western Conference Finals and lost to the Avalanche. They did not go on to win the title that year. Wow. So you hope the lightning you don't want to follow from all that, of that. Or, yeah, yeah you don't want to follow it but it's it's pretty scary how and you know whether Eisenman purposely built the team just like that team was kind of built or yeah you know probably they kind of felt, I mean Stamkos and Hedman were here before Eisenman so it's not like he built them but it, it is pretty scary how similar those teams are right he certainly built around them so yeah that that part is true meanwhile the Bucks will introduce uh, three of their free agents that they signed Bradley Pinion the, the San Francisco 49ers punter who also do kickoffs Browns receiver uh, Brashad Perriman and line, Cardinals linebacker uh, Daywan uh, Buchanan so be on, I'll be on hand for that that's at uh, around noon I think today at one buck place and the Rays are back on the field. We're just two days, no, two weeks. I'm sorry, not two, two days, days yeah. two weeks from opening day. 
And that seems like that's right around the corner, and it is. So we've got that coming up. We've got a lot going on. Oh, the end of March. We condolences to things. Dave Wills. Uh, his father, Big Dave, passed away. Oh, yeah, I saw that. On uh, Wednesday. Sure uh, he had been suffering yeah. from dementia and, and had kind of gone into ill health the last few months. But Yeah, Phil for Dave, and uh, he had a big influence on him. Gave him that big voice that you hear Dave Wills, uh, the big broadcast voice, came from his dad. Interesting quick story, which means absolutely nothing except to me and Dave. Dave's parents live in Oak Lawn, uh, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago on the south side. They are literally two blocks from my wife's parents' house. Wow. Didn't know it. Right off on 91st Street. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And I was like, we were talking one day. We went to lunch. I was like, well, you know, where are you from? And this, that, and the other. And talked about his parents and in Chicago. And I go, oh, yeah, where? Oak Lawn. Oh, really? Okay. Well, like, uh, yeah, my, my in-laws are on Oak Lawn and 91st Street. You're kidding. No, really. Literally, they're like two blocks away. It's just it's the damnedest thing. Small world. But he, he was uh, just up there a little while ago, as a matter of fact. So one other thing, folks. Remember now, um, if you've been paying these high electric bills, and, and all of us do here in Florida uh, because it's so damn hot and um, you know we run the air conditioner or the heat, it seems like, all the time, I got a uh, solution for you. Call May Electric Solar. They're a locally owned solar company, and you can save 90 to 95% off your electric bills by changing to electric solar. And they are uh, at 727-819-2862. If you do it uh, right now, you can save a 30% tax credit for changing to solar through 2019. That's 727-819-2862. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 